Hey, so good morning. It's good to see people in the church this morning with us all. You know? Amen. All right, that is a reason to, to rejoice. So if you would, uh, before we get started, as you know, uh, we'll do our call to worship. It comes from Psalm 68. If you want to pull out your phone or your Bible and maybe just kind of read along, that'd be great. Psalm 68. Wow, I'm pumped. This is good. This is good. And I think this is mainly, I guess, our first official service with Pastor Cheryl and his wife, Linda. So we thank God for their presence here. Psalm 68, verse, uh, we're going to do verse number 3. Excuse me. We're going to do verse number 4. I'm sorry. So Psalm 68, verse 4, if you would say it with me. Sing to God, sing praises to His name. Lift up a song to him who rides through the deserts. His name is the Lord. Exalt before him. Amen. Hallelujah. We'll get started with a, an oldie but a goodie. Don't want to sit, stand and sing along with us. Oh, Lord, my God. Consider all the works thy hands hath made. I see the stars, I hear the rolling thunder, thy power throughout the universe displayed. Then sings my soul, then sings my soul. Savior God to Thee How great Thou art How great Thou art Then sings my soul My Savior God to Thee How great Thou art How great Son not sparing sent him to die. I scarce can take it in that on the cross, that on the cross, my burden gladly bearing, he bled and died. Sings my soul, my Savior God, to Thee. How great Thou art! How great Thou art! Then sings my soul, sings my soul, my Savior God, to Thee. How great Thou art! shall come with shout of acclamation and take me home what joy will fill my heart then shall I bow in humble adoration and God to thee. We worship you, Lord. How great thou art. How great thou art. Then sings my soul. Then sings my soul. My Savior God to thee. 
Good morning, Nouvelle. You can be seated. Amen. Whether you're here at the church or at home worshiping, we uh, just greet you and welcome you to our service. And we're so excited that uh, you're, you're tuning in and being here. It's exciting to see people in, in the service, in church. It's exciting to be gathering together and worshiping again. Uh, we're just praising God. It's, uh, it's difficult times. It's interesting times. Um, we, we need wisdom and we need guidance. So I'm going to go through some guidelines. But before I do... I wanted to read a scripture that I read. Um, it was my devotion time, and it really spoke to me through these times. I think um, as Pastor Dale was here uh, finishing up his time, he was really emphasizing, we're living in the last days. Um, God is going to come. Jesus is going to come back, and we need to be prepared for that. So we want to be mindful. We want to be spiritual, kingdom-minded as we go through all these things. And so this is what scripture said in 1 Peter 4, 7 through 11. The end of all things is near. Therefore, be clear-minded and self-controlled so that you can pray. Above all, love each other deeply because love covers over a multitude of sins. Offer hospitality to one another without grumbling. Each one should use whatever gift he has received to serve others, faithfully administering God's grace in its various forms. If anyone speaks, he should do it as one speaking the very words of God. If anyone serves, he should do it with the strength God provides, so that in all things God may be praised through Jesus Christ. To him be the glory and the power forever and ever. Amen. Amen. And that is just, that's how I want to live. That's how I want to treat people, and that's how, that's how I want. I want to be kingdom-minded through all of this. We live in this world, but we're not of this world. We're of another kingdom, and that's how I want to Act, react, treat people with grace and love. Love covers a multitude of sins. And that, that is just a powerful statement. So we have some guidelines for worship that we want to go over that we're going to be trying as a church to, to focus on and, and, and really encompass everything that we can do. We have masks um, are optional. They're available at the church, uh, at the front of each door. So you can get one if, if you don't have one. Bring your own if you would like. A limited supplier there. So if you have your own, bring your own. Uh, we're not going to look down upon anyone who uses one or doesn't use one. We're going to give God's grace for each person to make their own choices. If you feel sick, you should stay home. Experiencing a fever, cough, symptoms, please worship with us online. We're going to continue the video services, so that's an option that we have out there. And we want you to get completely well and then come on back and worship with us. Uh, if you have any health issues and feel uh, more comfortable worshiping online, please, we understand. Our services will be posted um, each afternoon, Sunday. Jonathan's been doing a great job. We appreciate him so much of doing that. Um, yeah. Hand sanitizers are available as you enter the sanctuary and in the hall and the bathrooms. Um, offering plates are on the table as you come in, so you can just drop your offering. We're not going to have a separate altar, uh, offering time for everybody to come in the same place, so just drop those in. You can continue to give online. A lot of people are doing that. I actually changed mine to doing online, so that's a great option. Um, the ushers, we're going to have the doors open. They're still open right now. We let some fresh air in. feels really nice today, and it, and it, and it lets some fresh air in. Um, so it allows for less hand contact. Not everybody has to open the door, so we're going to try to be smart that way. And the ushers will explain about spacing and seating. I see everybody's all spaced out nice and, nice and neat. So, so we're, we're trying to do that, and we're going to respect people's space. Uh, families should sit together because, um, obviously, you share the same space all the time. Uh, if you're not family and feel more comfortable, please leave a seat between you and the next person. Um, and we'll have additional seating. Our ushers will make these arrangements if we need so. The nursery will not be staffed or open to stay in the nursery. If you need to go in to uh, change a diaper or do something, you can go into the nursery and then come back out. We're going to try to leave that as minimal as possible. Um, so don't stay in there any longer than necessary. Um, if you are concerned about um, germs being spread through the air singing, feel free to worship in spirit as Nick leads and has been doing an awesome job. We so appreciate you, Nick. You've been doing a fantastic job. Um, yeah, thank you, Nick, so much. Uh, so feel free uh, to worship to yourself silently if, if that is a concern for you. As much as possible, try to limit your extended visiting out to outside the church. Uh, and then the last one is we have sign-ups at the door. We want to update everybody's information. So if you'll sign your name, leave your number, we're going to update our records. And, and in case we need to contact you, we'll have everybody's contact information. All of these suggestions are to protect you as much as possible from contacting the virus from anyone else. 
and that may have uh, symptoms but not know it. So we want you to be safe and healthy. Um, our hope is that the above suggestions can be lifted as soon as possible and we can get back to normal. But we're going to try to follow the guidelines and we want to participate in the service freely and fellowship with our church family like we have in the past. So I so desire to get back to that. But we want to be safe and we want to be smart. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you for your patience and your understanding as we try to navigate through these circumstances. Uh, at this time, if our uh, kid, any kids want to come up, we have coloring books uh, up here. So y'all can come and get a coloring book. We're just going to go through the announcements. There's still just a few. We're still trying to limit um, the church's exposure. So we're not doing Wednesday services here. We're still going to be doing the phone call Wednesday Bible studies with Sunjay. Uh, Jonathan's been sending those out, so we'll try to get that information to you. And then uh, Jerry's been doing his Zoom meetings in the morning Bible study. So if you need more information on that, please let us know, and we'd love for you to join in on that. Y'all stand and sing with me. Beautiful one. Wonderful, so wonderful is your unfailing love. Your cross has spoken mercy over me. No eye has seen, no ear has heard, no heart could fully know how glorious, how beautiful you are. Beautiful one, I love, beautiful one, I adore, beautiful one, my Your glory fills the skies. Your mighty works displayed for all to see. The beauty of your majesty awakes my heart to sing. How marvelous, how wonderful you are, Jesus. Beautiful one, I love, beautiful one, I adore, beautiful one, my soul must sing, beautiful one, beautiful one, I love you, beautiful one, I adore, beautiful one, my soul. Open my eyes to your wonders anew, and you've captured my heart with this love, because nothing on earth is as beautiful as you. No, nothing, Jesus. And you've opened my eyes to your wonders anew, and you've captured my heart with this love. Because nothing on earth is as beautiful as you. Beautiful one, I love you. Beautiful one, I adore. Beautiful one, my soul must sing. As one church we sing, beautiful one, I love you. Beautiful one, I adore. Beautiful one, my soul must sing. Beautiful one, I love you. Beautiful one, I adore. Beautiful one, my soul must sing.
There's nothing worth more that will ever come close. No thing can compare. You're our living hope. In your presence, Lord, I've tasted and seen. I've tasted and seen of the sweetest of loves where my heart becomes free and my shame is undone in your presence Lord. there's nothing worth more that will ever come close no thing can compare your our living hope. Your presence, Lord. Oh, I've tasted and seen Jesus. I've tasted and seen of the sweetest of loves. Where my heart becomes free And my shame is undone In your presence, Lord Holy Spirit, you are welcome here Holy Spirit, you are welcome here Come flood this place and Fill the atmosphere. Your glory, God, is what our hearts long for. To be overcome by your presence, Lord. Your There's nothing worth more that will ever come close. Nothing can compare. Your high living hope in your presence, Lord. Come on, y'all. We've tasted. We've tasted it. I've tasted and seen of the sweetest of loves where my heart becomes free and my shame is undone in your presence, Lord. Holy Spirit, you are welcome here on this Pentecost Sunday. Holy Spirit, you are welcome here. Come flood this place and fill the atmosphere. Your glory, God, is what our hearts long for, to be overcome by your presence, Lord. Come flood this place and fill the atmosphere. Your glory, God, is what our hearts long for. To be overcome by your presence, Lord. Your I read this week where one writer spoke these words. Prayer should not be regarded as a duty to be performed, but rather as a privilege to be enjoyed. Prayer is not a duty this morning. It's not an obligation. It's a privilege that God has given to you and me.
an avenue where we can bring our burdens, our cares, our problems, our situations, and just lay them at His feet. He doeth all things well. Over in Mark chapter 11, verse 24, I read, Therefore I tell you, whatsoever you ask for in prayer, believe that you have received it, and it will be yours. So as we pray this morning, let's pray in faith believing that God not only hears our prayers, but He has the ability to answer those prayers this morning. I know that every one of us have probably unspoken requests this morning that we're praying about. I don't know what they may be, but the Lord knows, and we leave it in His hands. Normally, I invite people to come to the front if they like to pray, but under the circumstances, it doesn't make any difference where we are in this sanctuary. God can still hear our prayer. Let's pray. Our Father, we're glad that we come before an awesome God this morning, that you love us not collectively, but you love us individually. It makes no difference what our name is, what our stature in life may be, or where we have come from. We're glad for the marvelous, unbounded love and grace of God. Lord, when we were lost and undone, running away from you, yet you had mercy upon us. And Lord, you brought us under saving grace, whereas we can become one of your children. And so, Lord, we thank you for the privilege we have this morning of gathering into this sanctuary with your people. Lord, we have come from different areas of Lafayette, different places. But, Lord, we have come together as one this morning to worship you. And we pray today that the sweet, blessed Holy Spirit will create an atmosphere that will draw each one of us closer to you and and closer to each other. We pray today, Lord, you'll bless those that were not able to be here. And, and Lord, I just pray that your healing hand and touch would rest upon each one today. We think of those of our church family who are ill and they have, a, they have a, a sickness and they need a special touch from you. We're glad, Lord, that you are the great physician, that no illness is too great but what you can touch and heal if it be your divine will. We pray for that one that may be going through spiritual waters this morning that, that need a, a word of encouragement, that need to be uplifted. I pray, Lord, that you will surround them this morning with your love and your presence and, and help them to know, Lord, that you love them above everything else. And, Father, we pray for our nation this morning. We pray for those who have the authority over us those who are making hard decisions. I pray that somehow, Lord, that You would bring our nation together. You'll bring our people together, Lord. Oh, God, because in Your sight, we're all one. We're one family. We're one nation. And so I pray, oh, God, that You will bless those today and and heal the hurting hearts. And, and Lord, just bring uh, your healing balm to them this morning and, and help them to know that in spite of all the chaos that may be going on right now in our very midst, uh, Lord, that you bring peace, you bring calmness, you bring healing. And, and so, Lord, we pray for all of our cities today that are going through these, uh, these uh, things, uh, troubling times. Uh, I just pray today, Lord, that you'll bring us together as a nation and as a people. And, Lord, I just pray your will and your way be done. And, Lord, we love you this morning from the depths of our heart. And, and Lord, we don't even know why you loved us, but you did. And, and you brought us unto yourself. Uh, I pray today as we continue to worship you in this service, uh, unless you come and touch our hearts and meet our needs, uh, our coming would have been in vain. But Lord, we sense your presence. You're here. Uh, you want to help us today in everything that's said and done. May we glorify that name that's above every name. The wonderful, wonderful name of Jesus and all of God's people said, Amen. You may be seated. Amen. Praise God.
Acts chapter 2, verse 1 says, On the day of Pentecost, all the believers were meeting together in one place. Suddenly, there was a sound from heaven like the roaring of a mighty windstorm, and it filled the house where they were sitting. Then what looked like flames or tongues of fire appeared and settled on each of them. And everyone present was filled with the Holy Spirit and began speaking in other languages, as the Holy Spirit gave them this ability. Acts chapter 2, verse 41. Those who believed what Peter said were baptized and added the church that day, about 3,000 in all. All the believers devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship and to sharing in meals, including the Lord's Supper, and to prayer. A deep sense of awe came over them all, and the apostles performed many miraculous signs and wonders. And all the believers met together in one place and shared everything they had. They sold their property and possessions and shared the money with those in need. They worshipped together at the temple each day, met in homes for their Lord's Supper, and shared their meals with great joy and generosity. All the while praising God and enjoying the goodwill of all the people. And each day the Lord added to their fellowship those who were being saved. Thank you, Lainey, so much for reading our scripture for us this morning. Where have you been? We've been waiting eight weeks for you to come in. Been a little lonely in here with Nick and Jonathan, Linda, and myself. And uh, we're, we're glad you came this morning, and I realize that some are, are uh, trying to be a, a little more cautious, and we understand that. Uh, some didn't know that we were having church this morning, and so we're going to have to get the word out a little bit better to let them know that we are having service again on, on Sunday morning. And uh, we're just glad that you're here. I, uh, I see you're spaced out real well this morning. And, but there's room for more. I saw when Brandy and, and uh, Brian came in, they had a seat in between them. You know, it's okay if they sit together. There's, there's no problem with that. And then I just want to say thank you, Brian and Brandy, for getting our church in order. And you went through all the sanitizing and the extra cleaning that was necessary for us to gather together. So thank you this morning for all you've done. Well, this is what day? Pentecost Sunday. You know, there's four major events in the Bible. Three of them have already taken place. And the last one is yet to come. There's the birth of Jesus. We celebrate during the, the, the Christmas season. Secondly, there's the resurrection of Jesus Christ that we uh, celebrate on Easter Sunday. And now this morning we are celebrating Pentecost. Fifty days from, from the resurrection to, to Pentecost. And the la- these, th- these three have already taken place. But the last major event will be taking place, I believe, in the, not near, in the near future. And that is the second coming of Jesus Christ. You know, all of the things we're going through are signs and indications to us this morning that, that His coming must be very nigh. We're living in end-time in time days. And so it pays to be ready. You know, He said, No man knows the day nor the hour when He comes. So let's be ready for that great event. But this morning I want to talk to you about Pentecost. I believe that Pentecost can be summed up in one word. And that one word is change. Something happened on the day of Pentecost. I read the story about uh, the son of a wealthy man. He expected to receive a, a sports car for his graduation present. But instead... His dad called him into his study and told him how much he loved him and and how much he was praying for him. And and then he handed him a a gift-wrapped present in in a little box. And when that son opened that box up and looked in, it was a leather-bound Bible with his name inscribed in gold letters. The young man became very angry. He tossed the box on his father's desk and stormed out and said, 
with all of your money. All that you can give me is a Bible for my high school graduation. They never spoke again from that moment on. The years began to go by and the father began to try to contact his son to let him know how much he loved him, but no contact was made. And years later, the young son got a call to say that his father had passed away and that he had left everything to him. As the young man was going through his father's belongings, he found that Bible that was given to him many, many years ago. The Bible was still in the box. At this time, the, the, the boy was curious. He took the Bible out of the box and, and he opened it up. The page fell open at a passage of Scripture that the father had marked. As he looked at the page, he noticed that his father had underlined Matthew seven eleven. If you then, being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more shall your father give what is good to those who ask him? As he read that scripture, a key fell from inside the Bible. And on that key had a tag with the dealer's name on it. It was for the sports car that he wanted years, years earlier. And on the tag beside his graduation date were written these words, Paid in full with love, Dad. You know, the Holy Spirit... The Holy Spirit is God's gift to the church, paid in full. It was paid in full by His death and His resurrection from the dead. Pentecost this morning is the third greatest event in the history of the church. The descent of the Holy Spirit upon the church that day. The reason that Pentecost is so important to the church is that without His presence, Without His power, the church would have died out. The church would have no longer existed. It is the Holy Spirit who gives us the anointing to accomplish that which is impossible in the flesh. And so this morning, as we celebrate Pentecost, which is the birthday of the church, hardly anyone recognizes it as a special day. In fact, you may not have even known that today was Pentecost unless you saw it in a devotional book or saw it on a calendar somewhere or or some other reason. Maybe the reason that Pentecost doesn't get the uh, attention that other holidays get is because they really haven't found a way to commercialize it yet and make money off of it. And so we, we, have, we have turned into a culture that we don't recognize some of these days. But this morning, what happened on the day of Pentecost is very important in the life of the church, in your life, in my life. This morning, Pentecost is not a de- denominational experience It is an experience that every redeemed child of God shall receive and shall enjoy. We may never know exactly what happened on the day of Pentecost, but there's one thing that we do know, and that is this. 120 people gathered in that room. The Holy Spirit descended upon them and gave to them who were waiting for the Holy Spirit what they had been promised. And so this morning, we are a privileged generation. We're a generation where the Holy Spirit is still being poured out upon us, upon individuals who desire to open up their hearts to receive the Holy Spirit today. The New Testament church was officially born in a blaze of glory on the day of Pentecost. And so Pentecost is the greatest event that leads to the fact that we have the church today, the church of Jesus Christ. There's three things I want to notice about Pentecost this morning. First of all, the promise of Pentecost. You know, one of the last instructions that Jesus gave to his disciples before he went back to heaven was this. He said, I don't want you to leave Jerusalem until... 
the Spirit comes upon you. I want you to wait for the gift that my Father has promised. And this was the promise of Joel and the other Old Testament prophets that they had spoken years and years before. This is what John the Baptist talked about when he, when he said, There's one who cometh after me. I baptize with water. But he is going to baptize you with the Holy Ghost and with fire, whose sandals I am not fit to carry. The Holy Spirit was promised to the disciples when Jesus said, I will never leave you. I will not leave you alone. I am going to send you the Comforter. I'm going to send you someone that can be with you every moment of every day. And so the Holy Spirit had promised to come in His fullness, empowering them for service, enabling them to change the world. And that promise over 800 years ago was literally fulfilled on those 120 who had gathered in that upper room and they were praying until the fire fell upon them. The Bible tells us that the Holy Spirit came with power like a rushing mighty wind and filled the whole house where they were sitting. You know, some of them accused them of being drunk out of their mind because of their actions. But it was Peter who stood up and said, this is it. This is the promise. This is what God has promised to us. This is the fulfillment of that promise. This is what Joel spoke about when he said, in the last days, I will pour out my spirit upon all people. The fulfillment of the promise on the day of Pentecost was a life-changing experience for those disciples. From the early church, it also extends down to you and me today. In the sermon that that Peter preached on the day of Pentecost, he said to the crowd, This promise is for you. This promise is for you this morning. This promise is for me this morning. Uh, He said, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. After that, you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. The promise is for you and to your children and to all that are afar off, even as many as the Lord our God shall call. I'm fearful today that many Christians have not claimed this promise as their own because they have failed to realize the importance of having the Holy Spirit in our own heart, and in her own life. I'm reminded of the young mother. She was becoming quite distraught with her two boys' behavior in church and on other occasions too. And so one day she was pouring out her frustrations to one of her neighbors and who also had children. She said, I, I have the same problem that you're having with your two boys. But she said, I, I took my boys to the, to the church. And I let him talk to the pastor. And uh, it seemed to take care of my problem. So the distraught mother decided, I'm going to give that a try. And so she took her two boys to the, to the church to let them talk to the pastor. And so the pastor took the first son aside and back into his study and asked him a question. He said, young man, where is God? The boy was petrified. He didn't have an answer. So the pastor asked him again, Where is God? The little boy jumped up and ran out of the room and grabbed his brother by the arm and said, We've got to get out of here. They have lost God and now they are trying to blame it on us. You know, I don't believe we've lost God. But I do believe we've lost sight of the promise. The promise of the Holy Spirit. And therefore we have not claimed that promise in our own individual life. And enjoying the benefits of that. As a result, we have not appropriated the power of the Holy Spirit. And and therefore we are not as effective and productive in our walk with Jesus as He would like for us to be. And so the promise of the Holy Spirit is not a denominational promise this morning. 
It's not a promise just for the Nazarene or, or any other denomination. Uh, it is a promise for every believer, for every child of God that we can receive, that we can appropriate, that we can enjoy and experience in our own heart, in our own life. Secondly, the purpose of Pentecost in verse 5. For John baptized with water, but in a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Now, Dr. Jerry Vines, acclaimed writer, said that the average Christian and the average church was bogged down somewhere between Calvary and Pentecost. They have been to Calvary for pardon, but they have not been to Pentecost for power. Bethlehem means God with us. Calvary means God for us. But Pentecost means God in us. I believe there's one word that expresses the real purpose of Pentecost, and that is change. Lives were changed forever on the day of Pentecost. Before Pentecost, the disciples, they were powerless. They were weak. They were ineffective. But after Pentecost, they boldly stood up and proclaimed, for we cannot help speaking about what we have seen and heard. They cared not for their own lives. Before Pentecost, you remember Peter could not wholeheartedly say how much he loved the Lord. He was fickle. He was wishy-washy. He was undependable. Uh, but after Pentecost, something happened. His life was changed. And his love for Jesus was so sincere that, that he was willing to go to jail. Even for the cause. And in the end, he was willing to suffer and finally die for his Lord. In fact, tradition tells us that he requested to be crucified upside down because he was not worthy to be crucified like Jesus had been. You know, before Pentecost, John wanted to call fire down out of heaven to take care of those who didn't believe the way he believed. But after Pentecost, what was he doing? He was ministering to the enemy, to the Samaritans. He was bringing the gospel. And so the purpose of Pentecost was to fulfill every believer with the Holy Spirit and empower them to become a workman approved unto God, not to be ashamed. Dr. R.A. Torrey said, The infilling of the Holy Spirit is a definite, distinct experience, and a Christian will know whether he or she has received the Spirit or not. In our own heart this morning, we know whether we have received the gift of the Holy Spirit or not. Whether He abides within our heart. The Holy Spirit came directly to those in the upper room. He may not come to you and me in the same way as He did to those in the upper room. Because God works in different ways. In different manners. But He will still come to us individually. And we will recognize the Holy Spirit as He fills our heart with His love and His mercy. It was not until they were filled with the Holy Spirit on the day of Pentecost that they were able to carry out the mandate of the Great Commission. The 120 on the day of Pentecost, just a handful, ordinary men and women. Some were fishermen, tax collectors, farmers, few women, various walks of life. But something happened on the day of Pentecost. Their lives were changed. I believe this morning that our lives will be changed when the Holy Spirit comes into our own heart and our own life. And these ordinary people filled with the Holy Spirit, they begin to build the foundation of the church that is still in existence today. The church of Jesus Christ. Always remember, without the Holy Spirit, there is no authentic church. And a church without the Holy Spirit is a counterfeit of the real thing. The third thing I want to share with you, the power of Pentecost. He said in Acts chapter 1 verse 8, Jesus told his disciples, You will receive power when the Holy Spirit come upon you. We're not to seek power. We're to seek the Holy Spirit. 
If we have the Holy Spirit, we will have the power that goes along with it. But the spiritual explosion on the day of Pentecost was the launching pad for the early Christian church. It was on that day that the followers of Jesus Christ experienced more of God's power than they could have ever imagined. The empowerment of the Holy Spirit made the early church effective. In fact, Jews from 14 different nations around the world, they heard the message of the crucified and risen, how? In their own language. In their own language. In verse 6, the crowd together, they, they were in bewilderment because each one heard them speaking in his own language and asked, are these men not Galileans who are speaking? God translated until each one heard the message of the gospel. Jesus promised the disciples that when they were endued with power of the Holy Spirit, they would become powerful. They would become effective witnesses for Christ. Where? In Jerusalem, in Judea, in Samaria, and all around the world. Over 300 people were converted. 3,000 people were converted that day from a diverse collection of people, from various people. They were added. They were members that day. I tell you, the, the gospel of Jesus Christ is not limited to a few. It's for everyone this morning. No matter the race, no matter the nation, no matter the gender, no matter the social structures, no, no. Sometimes I think that we may be guilty of living by the birds of a feather flock together principle. We, we have a tendency to stay around those that, that are like us. But it's only through the Holy Spirit this morning that we can become empowered to get beyond our own likes, our own dislikes, and get out of the box to reach out to help others with the gospel of Jesus Christ. That is what it's all about. How can we connect to this power? I believe there's five simple words that will help us to understand the connection. First of all, passion. We must have a passion. We move toward connecting with the Holy Spirit by having a spirit-filled, consuming thirst for God. When our greatest desire is to be filled with His Spirit, then it begins to show in how we live our daily lives. Nothing more, nothing less than His Spirit indwelling. And then second, open. We must open ourselves to what the Holy Spirit wants for us. What He wants to do in us. What He wants to do through us. And so with a simple childlike obedience, we open ourselves to all that He desires. Lord, what do You desire? What do you want, Lord? That's what I want. And then we wait. We wait. We accept His timing. We wait as they did in the upper room to receive His equipping power from heaven. Often the waiting time is when God shows us what needs to be changed in our own life. Too many times we go to prayer and we tell God what we need and, and, and all of those different things when sometimes we just need to go to the Lord and say, Lord, what do I need? What do I need, Lord? Just let Him talk to us. Let Him speak to us. Open up our hearts and wait for Him. And then we need to expect. Jesus promised the Holy Spirit would cleanse and empower us. We can expect the same today and not be disappointed. And then must receive. When the Holy Spirit comes in power, we receive His fullness. We receive His cleansing. And then what, we do, what do we do? We report for duty. Lord, what would you have me to do? His coming is for living effective service in this life. A very wealthy man went to a, buy a Rolls Royce. The salesman said, this is the most famous car in all the world. In fact, they're still running after 50 years of being in service. As the man was driving the, the new car home, he had forgotten to ask how much horsepower the car had. And so he drove back to the dealership and asked the salesman, said, how much horsepower does this car have? 
he looked through all of his booklets and pamphlets and he couldn't find and so he uh, in those days he uh, he wired today it would be email but he wired back to the factory and said how much horsepower does this vehicle have they wired back the telegram said just had one word adequate adequate you know the power of the holy spirit that he bestows upon us is adequate for every temptation, for every situation, for every task that we're perform that we are asked to perform. I believe this morning that the church of Jesus Christ, somehow we need to recapture the power that was experienced on the day of Pentecost when the Holy Spirit was poured out upon them. I think this morning that that power is still available. He wants to give it to us. If we just open up our hearts and say, Lord, fill me with your Spirit, as they did on the day of Pentecost. The, the minister of the church today, we are dependent upon the work of the Holy Spirit because the Scripture tells us, it's not my might, it's not my power, but it's by my Spirit. Thus saith the Lord. A Sunday school teacher had taught her class to recite the Apostles' Creed. She gave each child a phrase to learn. And so at the Sunday school presentation, the class was asked to give their, uh, their, their, their reading. And they all stood in the front of the church and they began to recite the Apostles' Creed. One began to say, I believe in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, Sarah said. I believe in Jesus Christ, His only Son, our, our Lord, chimed in Rachel. Everything was going perfect, just as it was supposed to do. One after another, they were, they were saying their, their line. And then all of a sudden, there was a long pause. And finally, a little girl spoke up and said, The little boy who believes in the Holy Spirit is not here today. It's important for us to believe that the Holy Spirit is still alive and well he is a significant part of our life and ministry today. We are privileged to be living in a day, I believe, when the reign of the Holy Spirit still wants to fall upon us and pour out His Spirit. We can claim the promise. We can experience the purpose. We can receive the power of Pentecost. Personally, I believe He has it for each one of us. Have you received the power of Pentecost? Have you received the cleansing that He wants to bring? I'm glad... It's available for us today. There's a little chorus of a song I'd like to share with you in closing this morning. It's entitled, uh, Rain, Rain Down. And the chorus goes like this. Holy Spirit, rain down, rain down. O comforter and friend, how we need your touch again. Holy Spirit, rain down. Let your power fall. Let your voice be heard. Come and change our hearts as we stand on your word. Holy Spirit, rain down. That's my prayer for us today. Holy Spirit, rain down upon us. We need to feel that power, the power of Pentecost, the cleansing power of Pentecost. Amen. It's still available as we celebrate. Our prayer is, Holy Spirit, continue to rain down upon us today. Let's stand together. Nick's going to lead us in our closing song. Men of faith, rise up and sing of this great and glorious King. You are strong when you feel weak. In your brokenness complete Shout to the north and the south Sing to the east and the west Jesus, Savior to all Lord of heaven and earth Rise up church with broken wings fill this place with songs again of our God who reigns on high by His gaze again we'll fly 
out to the north and the south. Sing to the east and the west. Jesus is Savior to all. Lord of heaven and earth. We will shout to the north and the south. We will sing to the east and the west. Jesus, Savior to all, Lord of heaven and earth. He is Lord of heaven and earth. Jesus, Lord of heaven and earth. You are Lord of heaven and earth. May the Lord bless you and keep you. And make His face shine upon you. May God bless you and have a wonderful day. Amen.